0: Well, welcome to Ed Stetzer Live, this and every Saturday at this time. We have conversations, hopefully pertinent to the day. Sometimes they're about living in our cultural moments. Sometimes they're about growing spiritually. All different kinds of topics. And always, as always, I want to remind you, too, that you can subscribe to this program as a podcast. at uh, Go to edstetzerlive.com. Click, it's about a click or two in, and you get to the Moody Radio app. You can download all of our Moody Radio programs via podcast as well. So I'm Ed Stetzer. Uh, I am the incoming dean at the Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. Just finishing up a season in Chicagoland, and at Moody, I was gonna, at serving here at, at Moody Radio, of course, which I will continue. But uh, serving at Wheaton College, and during that time, I got to know some friends. I guess I knew Mark beforehand, but I got to know Josiah after. But let me let me introduce them to you. They're going to be our guests today. We're going to be talking about fatherhood, and so we've kind of got a multi generational conversation about fatherhood today. I think you're going to find it super encouraging. Mark and Josiah Job—they are our guests. Um, Mark Job, Dr. Mark Job, is the tenth president of Moody Bible Institute, and I can tell you, as a Chicago land pastor, when when we heard that Mark Job, we, who we knew as a pastor in Chicago, uh, was now the president of Moody Bible, Moody Bible Institute, our little text chain all just lit up with enthusiasm. And he's the now the tenth president of Moody Bible Institute. He's the author of Unstuck. Out of your cave and into your call, host of Bold Steps, which is a weekly program that that's heard on stations across the nation. Uh, probably most of the stations that are listening. Uh, Mark serves as the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and the founder of New Life Centers, a nonprofit focused on helping at-risk urban youth. Now, Josiah Job, who I mentioned, is also in the program is the lead pastor of New Life Community Church and location pastor of New Life Midway. He graduated from Moody Bible Institute. This is a very Moody Bible family uh, with a degree in biblical studies. Uh, Josiah is passionate about discipleship, communicating truth to the next generation and raising young leaders to be agents of change. And as you probably guessed, they are father and son. And it is Father's Day weekend. For those of you who listen to podcasts, this is still going to be very applicable to you if you're talking about fatherhood in the day and age in which we live. Because here's the reality. Um, fatherhood is really at a very tenuous place in our culture. We actually uh, we actually see absentee fathers. We actually see uh, fathers who aren't sure how to be fathers. We actually see uh, people sometimes that are just uh, parents without actually fathering well. I mean, it's it's a very complex time. And the fatherhood conversation is often ones that people are often uh, uncomfortable how to address. Um, actually, it's interesting under the George W. Bush administration, they started, started a fatherhood initiative. It's controversial because why are you promoting this? And then it was continued under Barack Obama uh, because even the government sees the essential place that fathers play in families and societies, and without fathers, how significant that absence actually is. But let's, let's just start talking about this in general with, well, a couple of dads and start with you, Mark. You know, it's Father's Day weekend. What's being a father mean to you? Tell us a little about your family, about fatherhood, about why those matter, and what does it mean to you?
1: Absolutely. Great to be on the uh, show with you, Ed. So let me, say, let me start out by saying that um, tomorrow, which is Father's Day, Josiah and I will be actually preaching a joint message. We started doing this probably about five years ago or so. So it's a dual perspective. So we actually get on stage together and it's a blast. I thought the first time we did it, this could be an utter disaster or it could (laughs) be really good. (laughs) And so it ended up being good. So I have the privilege of doing that. You know, I've pastored in the city of Chicago for a long time. There is a national crisis of fatherhood. I think we see it maybe exaggerated a little bit more in urban context. But um, there is so many men that I talk to that have no idea what it means to be a father, grew up with uh, either absentee fatherhood, dysfunctional fathers, uh, fathers that were just wrestling to try to figure out what it meant. I just had a conversation this morning with uh, someone that is just doing some work at our house and uh, said, you know, they, they never knew their father. And um, I believe that it, it shapes men and women deeply to our core when there's not the identity spoken into our lives. I had a father that um gave me a jump start he was i look back and think he was just an extraordinary father spent time coached mentored loved the lord he was vulnerable honest and i didn't realize it growing up but now in retrospect i realize wow i had a really awesome father died at the age of 60 so he he died early but um when he died, I said, Lord, I, I want to be half the father he was. And I took a lot of the habits that he had invested
0: in me and hopefully passing it down to my children. Mm. I love that. I love that. I want to actually ask about that. Let me say, too, that I love that you started with the fact that you had a good father. Um and I'll I'll confess to you, I didn't. So uh yeah. matter of fact, my father and I were texting a few minutes ago, and he is a great grandfather, and we're <laughs> very close today. But alcohol just consumed his life when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. And and uh and so we talk about this often, and I you know, I it uh his his birthday is actually today. So uh and years ago I said to him, you know, trying to be just a good, encouraging son, I said, You were a good father, and he said, I wasn't a good father. Let's not pretend that. And I and and, and so we had to get to a place where we could acknowledge that, but what he great, what a great-grandfather he has become and when he got sober and all those things that are ultimately there. So a lot of people are going to listen, and they're going to be like, some are going to say, I had Mark Job's experience. I had Josiah Job's experience. Some are going to say, I had Etc. experience, or I didn't even know my father. So, Josiah, let's talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, you've, you're, of course you're preaching on this tomorrow, which I cannot imagine doing a sermon with my father, though, maybe one day. Uh, but but so, so tell me a little bit about your experience of fatherhood. Uh, tell us some bad things about your father. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but tell us a little bit about from your end, what is, What does
2: being a father mean and meant to you? Yeah, being a father for me has, has been really special because I realized that I had such a, a great father. And so I, by the way, Ed, I don't know if you know this, but I have a second child on the way. I didn't know that, congratulations Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it So I have a son Who's a little bit over a year And I have uh, another son Actually who's on his way in December But it's special to me Especially to have a son Because I realize How important my dad's relationship Has been with me And how important that has been And so I've I've told my wife like I want to have a little bit of that relationship as well I want to have that dynamic as well and so being able to step into that my dad has always been my best friend and has always been someone i can trust someone i can look to their example someone that i can i can learn from and 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 i told him i said before i got married i learned how to really love a woman from watching my dad love um my mom and before i was a father i learned from his example of him loving me and my siblings and so it's been a special experience i'm um, one year dad and I'm I'm loving every moment of it.
0: Yeah. What well, I mean, I'm interested though. You raised in a preacher's home. I've got three daughters, no no sons. You raised in a preacher's home. Did you always just look up to your dad? As you say, he was a good father. You had this good relationship with him. Uh, there seasons, you were like, oh, I don't want to be in this fishbowl. You know, <laughs> was it hard at times? Talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, I think I joke with pastors' kids, PKs, and I tell them. Pastors kids are either the best or they're the worst. <laughs> I mean some of the worst stories you hear are just pastors kids that have gone astray. But we've always had a good relationship since we were young and he points back to his relationship with his father as really being the the foundation of of that and his relationship with the Lord. And you know, one of the things that I think the church sometimes imposes upon pastors kids is this expectation that because you're a pastor's kid, that you'll be in ministry as well, that you'll be a pastor as well. And I think one of the most important things that my dad did is he never pressured us to get into full-time ministry. That was never the highest calling. He always said, ministry is not the highest calling. Full-time ministry is not the highest calling, following Jesus is. And so whether you're a plumber or you're a teacher or you're a doctor, and you love Jesus with all of your heart, that's really what matters the most. And that really has shaped me more than anything. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, good. I wanna open up the calls as well,
0: because I know some of you are like in my situation, I was talking about my dad a minute ago. And one day, uh, we were talking about, you know, how he learned a father, and he said, I didn't you know, my dad he said, I never remembered his dad saying he loves him. And I'm like, What a what a mm. crazy world. And then, you know. Then it goes on and it learns to the next generation. You try to do a little better and you know the Lord's help you do better. And and so maybe that's your situation. Maybe you're a father trying to walk this path. Maybe maybe you're a, you're a mom or a wife and like, how do I help my husband step more into this area, this space? Or maybe you just got questions. Um, well, here's the great thing. You got Mark and Josiah Job here to help. And our phone number here is 877-548-3675. Again, it's 877 Five four eight three six seven five. Uh I know my kids tomorrow are going to be required to sing to me. They're going to be singing the song <laughs> You're a Good, Good Father. That's what they have to sing on Father's Day. And so it's every church in America is probably brushing up on You're a Good, Good Father. But I, I wonder, do you guys think um, that there's a, is there like a calling in a sense? And what, if there is a calling, what is that calling? I mean, we know that it being being a, a parent is people can do and not engage in it at all. I mean, it's a, a biological act can be just all your experience with being a parent. But it's got to be more than that. How do you describe what, what that is, what that calling is or is not? Oh, I absolutely believe it is an incredible high calling.
1: And, you know, Ed, let me say this uh, uh, about that. I think that I call people like you cycle breakers because, if, if you haven't been raised in a healthy home where you've seen that model, then you have to start, you have to break cycles. You could easily repeat the cycles that you were raised with. In fact, if you're a neutral, without a God experience, without mentoring, it's just typical, even if you hate the way you were raised, it's easy to repeat the cycle that you're comfortable with. And so, I haven't talked to you about this, but there has had to be some major defining moments in which you chose. I'm going to break these cycles. This will not be the heritage that I leave to my kids. And I think for the first generation, it's harder to break those cycles to learn what it really means to be a healthy uh, a parent. But you know, your daughters, they're not going to have to battle the same battles that you had to battle uh they'll have their own battles but they're not gonna have to battle the same battles that you've had to battle because you you had to break those cycles and um i do believe that parenting is a call once we have children there's a powerful call to shape the life the destiny the identity of these children that god has placed within our lives whether we think it's the best time or not um Implicit in the birth of a child is a calling to shape that life and be a parent. Whether we do it well or not, I believe there's a calling to it. I, let me say one other thing. Um, I think you ask about Josiah, and you know I have another son, he's 24, and I have a daughter that's 30 years old as well. Um, when, when the kids are small, it's kind of easy. They look up to the parents. It's just kind of natural. They admire a father, mother. Usually it's the teenage years that people start struggling with. And um, I had read a book years ago, I think it was by Dobson, in, in Raising Boys or something like that. And he gave great advice. He said, you know, boys, they, uh, they don't uh, like to talk face-to-face. You ask a teenager, how you doing? Eh, how was school? Uh, what would you learn? Nothing. Um, <laughs> so he said, find uh, something like they like to do and do it side by side with them, and that will be the best conversations. And so he talked about fishing here in Chicagoland. There's not a lot of fishing, so my boys were into sports. And so I said, if you work out for some time in the basement, I'll get you memberships to the gym. And I specifically drove them to the gym And it was while we were going there, while we were working out in the locker room, it was those conversations. We've had some of our most profound conversations in in the gym or on the way to the gym because it's something I was doing with them. They didn't feel pressured. It was this great sort of side-by-side conversation. So if there's dads out there struggling, especially with teenage boys, figuring out what to do, um, I would strongly encourage you to take uh, responsibility and say, "I'm going to f- find something side by side."
0: Mm, good, good, good. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. We also want to take your calls as well. So let me invite you to uh, to join into the conversation about fatherhood. Eight seven seven five four eight. 3675 is our number. Again, that's 877-548-3675. Fatherhood's a great time of rejoicing. It's also we know can be a time for pain for a lot of people. Let's talk about it. Let's kind of weigh in on how we can walk through this together. 877-548-3675.
1: You're a good, good father.
0: It's who you are. It's who you are. There you go, Courtney. Our engineer has uh, she surprises us with the music sometimes. And again, I'm I'm gonna send this this soundtrack to my kids who tomorrow because I'm actually for the first time in my life I have adult children now and they live one lives in Canada, uh, one lives in California, and one lives with us. Um, and and I'm out of the country, so for the first time I'm out of the country. So so we're going to do a zoom call and again this song will be sung so thank you courtney the amazing engineer for sharing that with us all right josiah we we um when we think about uh, fatherhood and we think about the journey that's there you're just getting started you got one yeah. and one on the way and you know and part of that is is you know i i didn't grow up and had, and had never seen a good example of fatherhood actually for me I remember even understanding God because you know God is a father and and so since I had a negative perception of of fathering or being of a father very very close now don't you know I want to say that very close to my dad now but um so I like had to get an idea and I remember watching leave it to beaver and I said I wonder if that's what a what a good dad is like and I said no yet you have that and so you can seek to pass it on but at the same time it's got to be intimidating i mean you know even with boys too i understand boys are easier to raise than girls you just give them sticks and they like hit each other and work it <laughs> out um which girls i gotta tell you there's a lot of words but uh, but what what do you when you look at this what are you preparing yourself in or with or through as you start thinking about fathering these these two kids
2: yeah, I've, I've told new um, parents, you know, newer-than-me parents, um, guys that are just starting, I've told them, hey, you're never going to feel fully prepared for it. Yeah. You know, there's no course, there's no class. You know, you, you never feel like you're at the right place. Am I, am I going to be prepared to do this? And I think you just step into it and you learn. I think part of the reality is that you learn and pull back from what you've seen, though. And for some people, like you said, Ed, that's a bad example that they're pulling from. They're, they're just pulling back to what they know. And for me, I've had that privilege of being able to pull on uh, a great example. So I wasn't really um, scared of parenting or being a father. I was actually excited for it mm-hmm. because I, I saw the potential of what that relationship could be. And I think one of the things that I value now that my father really showed and taught me was he really taught me how to value people. Mm. He's, he's never been somebody that will only talk to somebody because of their title or their position or their money or, or who they know. He will talk to anybody. And it was interesting, and even this past Sunday, there was a woman that came up to him, gave him an envelope and uh, said, hey, I, I just wanna give you this envelope. And he said, why, why do you wanna give me that envelope? And, and she said, well, I was, I was homeless X amount of time ago and you just bumped into me and you gave me $20 when I, asked for, when I asked for money for food. And she said, now I'm no longer homeless and in here is that $20 back. I just wanna thank you for, for seeing me in that moment, for loving me in that moment. And so those are really the lessons that have stuck with me is that it's not about uh, what somebody brings to the table but it's about loving people no matter who they are, right where they're at. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And I think that's so essential the example that
0: you've seen. And of course, you know, it's it's a it's a mix of those examples. So let's let's take some calls and just have some conversation people may have had great experiences, may have questions about how to have better experiences. Uh, again, our number is 877-548 Three six seven five. You can get on the line here with Mark and Josiah Job. I don't think you get to have too many opportunities, also to have the president of Moody Bible Institute. So he's like, you'll hear at the end of the show. I always say that Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute because that's, I mean, that's all part of this family. So we we love having Mark on as well. Our number is 877-548-3675. One more time, eight seven seven. 548-3675 we're going to go to adam in kalamazoo michigan adam you're live on the air with your question your comment go right ahead
3: always had basically a
4: very uh uh relationship between me and my father uh mainly due to the fact that he's a very proud man and uh I happen to be his son, who was born with uh, disabilities. I still am considered and classified as a person of disability to this day. My dad saw me as kind of his personal failure. You know, he failed to have a son. Uh, my dad, basically, rather than him investing into me to help me become the best me I could be, he saw it as a waste of time because he saw me as more as incapable Rather than seeing what I was capable
0: of. Mm, mm. Well, Adam, that is uh well that's a we 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 grew up with you. And, and you know, one of the things too, Adam, we even hear, I mean one of the things we even talk about is father wounds. A, a lot of us carry some of those father wounds. Mark, let me let me go to you and say what advice would you give uh to Adam as he processes even his relationship with his father and what it means moving forward? Yeah. You know, Adam
1: um, I hear stories like that a lot. And um, so you can do two things with it. First of all, let me just say, Adam, you are uh, made in the image of God, and um, you are you are designed by God, gifted, um, stamped with the image of God in your soul. And um, your father's struggle and dysfunction doesn't... Um, That doesn't define you. So I just want to say that to you. Um, I also want to say that you are not your father, that you don't repeat it. But I I also encourage you to show a measure of grace. Um, A lot of the—it's easy to look at our parents and say, look, they did this, they did that, they did the other. There's a lot of wounds there. Typically, though, oftentimes um, they are wounded Um, I had a father, I was at a men's retreat, and I was speaking about how we shape our children. And at at the end, we had people come up and take bold steps. This father got up, and he just started weeping and weeping. And uh, he could barely talk. And when he finally got his voice, he said, I have three daughters. He said, I have never once told them that I love them. They've never heard that come out of my voice. And he wept, and he said... I just don't know how to do that. I, I, I never heard my father say that he loved me. And so it's just foreign. It's awkward to me. And he said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to talk to my nine, my, my seven, and my five-year-old daughters, look them in the eyes, and they're going to hear their do- dad say for the first time, I love you. And so I would say, Adam, that your father probably is repeating some of the brokenness that he was raised with, But I also want to say, and I'll uh, I'll finish with this, I also want to say that your Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, the one that knows you best, the one that your Heavenly Father, He looks at you and He speaks life into you. He calls you His Son. He's put His seal upon you, His Holy Spirit inside of you. So your identity is shaped not by your earthly Father and what He sees, but by your Heavenly Father who calls you by your name and who has put his most precious gift his holy spirit inside of you
0: mm, that's so good so good and i and, and just you know a reminder that um we are not our destiny is not determined by our relationships with our fathers they they, they are deeply impactful deeply impactful and uh and yet at the same time even for me you know growing up my you're a know, single parent for, uh, raised by a single mom for a while and all that journey is, I did find, you know, that grace and strength in the fatherhood of God in, in, in adult men who invested in my life and in the church. I had, you know, kind of spiritual fathers in the church and more, and that made a difference. And, and Josiah, you know, we're 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 all. I mean, I still live for three more weeks in Chicago. Um, you know, we we see, um, you know, fatherhood crisis every day in. Uh, In in Illinois, in America It's it's not true everywhere in the world But it certainly is in America How, How would you encourage Like people listening Or maybe churches, Christians are listening What would it look like to Address some of the crisis of Absentee fathers or distant Relationships with fathers Through and among people at the church
2: Yeah, I think it starts One family and one father at a time And I think that the foundation for a relationship to be transformed is humility. And it's somebody being humble enough to extend an olive branch and say, I don't want our relationship to be the way it is anymore. I want it to be better. I want it to be different. I want my kids to see another example. And so I think it's committing to to have something different than for a lot of people what they've experienced and and saying hey i want to have a um, i want to have an example like like my father in heaven who um, loves and speaks identity and cares for me and paid the ultimate price for me i think that's what it always comes back to is just the reality of who we are as children under our the bible says not just a good or a great parent but a perfect father
0: love that and that changes everything and again we're going to continue our conversation we've got some calls on the line sean i see you marvin i see you we're going to jump on those calls in just a minute we'll invite you as well we're talking about fatherhood fathering and more 877-548-3675 is our number mark and josiah job are our guests again 877-548-3675 Hey, we're back at um, Central Live having a conversation with Mark and Josiah Job. And really thankful that they would take some time on uh, early Saturday to have a conversation about fatherhood on this Father's Day weekend. Um, I'm actually live from Amsterdam and uh, glad to be able to kind of have this conversation there, there in Chicago. And the universal reality is that fatherhood is discussed um, everywhere, people are unsure and uncertain. Uh, what fatherhood should look like today, but we have the teaching of scripture, we have uh, the wisdom of uh, fathers from generations past, and I think ultimately today in the time of we're living in a crisis of fatherhood, that this is one of those times when Christians should stand up, stand out, stand in the gap uh mark and i were doing a moody men's conference in cleveland and we just started we did a live show there as a matter of fact last time mark was on the show we did a live show from there and we we just talked about how you know it's just not working the 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 world's devaluing of men and manhood and fatherhood and masculinity in the positive biblical sense of the word is just an epic failure across the culture and i think fathers are a key part of this, the future that makes such a difference. Again, our number, I want to invite you to call in 877-548-3675. Again, 877-548-3675. So I'm interested, you you guys tomorrow are going to do this joint sermon which uh, I'm almost tempted to watch. I don't know that I've seen someone do a joint sermon. Um and but are going to do this joint sermon. What uh, else do you do? And 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 Josiah I'll throw it to you. What else do you do to celebrate fathers? The the joke in the church life is that on Mother's Day you celebrate uh mothers and motherhood. So Don and I went down to uh Salem Baptist Church for Mother's Day. We had a free Sunday, Charlie's Dates as the new pastor there, and we just wanted to go down there. And it was such an epic celebration of motherhood. As a matter of fact, if you've not, it's a, for those who don't know, Salem is a large, historic African American church. And what a fascinating and wonderful day! But the joke is, you we celebrate Mothers on Mother's Day, and we tell fathers on Father's Day to shape up and you'd be better dads. <laughs> so, so what will you do tomorrow, Josiah, both in the sermon and the service in and around fatherhood?
2: Yeah, we have a couple different things that we're doing. Um, as you asked that uh, question, though, I'll tell you what. One of my favorite things that we've done on Father's Day that my dad's laughing over here that we tried to be creative because it's hard to, you know, what do fathers want to do on Father's Day, you know? They want to golf or they want to, you know, barbecue. Well, we did an MMA. Um, we oh, brought an gosh. MMA... Uh, uh, like a, okay, a that's ring mixed martial arts for those of you who don't know. That's you, like a that's a that's a fighting thing. Okay. I'll tell you what, Ed, we had a great turnout for it. Wow. We had a great wow. turnout. Tons of people came out. We we won't do it again because um <clears throat> two guys went uh in the ambulance. Uh they had to leave. No church. way. Cars, Seriously.
0: <laughs> no yeah, way. So you did yeah. this like and first had, of all, let me just say I do not approve at all, but let me just say, if I wanted more information about what I don't approve of, so they got like they um, they, they
2: ended up hurting themselves. Wow, yeah, they had pads on and the whole thing. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was our that's our most exciting favorite Father's Day at church that we remember though. MMA wow, at wow. church.
0: Wow. So, what, so what tomorrow? You're not going to do MMA. Uh, will you recognize the dads? Will your sermon be towards dads? Just again, if we're just living in a world where fatherhood is just such almost collapsing crisis, what are you doing tomorrow that might speak a different way?
2: Yeah, we're celebrating um, the dads, highlighting the dads, and then the sermon specifically. We're doing baptisms that are all men baptisms tomorrow. Oh, cool. We're doing a, a choir on stage. That's all. That's all men and fathers. And then we're doing the message that's tailored towards directly to whether you're a, a, a new father or a father or maybe even a grandfather really speaking to uh, what the Word of God says for how, how men of God, how fathers can live out that calling upon their life.
0: Love it. Love it. Okay, good. Well, let's go to some calls because we got, we got, actually, this is, folks are calling in. They got questions or comments. We're going to go first to Sean in Southern Indiana, 88.1. Sean, you're live on the air with your question, your comment. Go ahead. Okay. Sean, we need you to go right ahead. Go ahead. I'm ready. Yeah, my question. Oh, Sean, we're going to come back to you in just a minute. We're going to go to Marvin. Marvin in Grays Lake, Illinois. Marvin, you're live on the air. Go ahead.
3: Uh, good morning, Ed and Jeff. Uh I was just uh, making a, a comment here. I was led to Christ, my uh, initial commitment to Christ by my father when I was eight years old. And when I was nine, my father died. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I've gotten older, I'm I'm 78 now, I'm amazed at how much of the Christian life my dad internalized to me mm-hmm. in those nine years that he was with us. And I guess oh, my hard. message would be, hey, uh, none of us knows how much time we've got. And every second we can put into our children is indeed uh, valuable as fathers.
0: Oh, Marvin, what a great what a great comment for you. We so sure appreciate that comment as well. We're going to go back to Sean. Sean in southern Indiana, you're live. Go ahead, friend.
3: Thanks for taking my call. My question is for Mark. Mark, uh, my wife and I used to turn new life in Chicago before we moved to southern Indiana, so we appreciate your wisdom on this. But my uh, question is, you mentioned that your dad um, passed when he was 60, my dad died when he was 64 just a few years ago before we started having kids and we just had our first year a few months ago so my question is how do you access the wisdom and the uh teaching and the example of your father once he's gone obviously the scriptures but i'm curious about your uh thoughts on that
1: yeah thanks sean well let me say first of all i'm glad that uh, you guys are doing well following jesus and uh Uh, Congratulations on your own children. I think, Sean, that the way that you pass it down, it's not necessarily always, hey, here's what grandfather said. It's the best way to pass it down is through the impact that was made on your life and just to um, take the example and to pass it down to your child. It's going to be, I think, a very organic, natural um, I end up doing things, for example, this is, uh, people would say to me, uh, when I started preaching, they would say, you sound just like your dad, because he taught me to preach. I watched him. I sat under him for a long time, the way he interacted with people, the way he loved on people, the way he counseled people. A, a lot of my ministry training came from a front row seat with my father. And, um, I know that people tell that to Josiah now. They say, you know what? Boy, I can't tell you and your dad apart. You guys sound so much alike. So he doesn't... I didn't try to sound like my dad. It's just I was around him and it came out. And so I would say it's going to naturally come out, Sean. But I do think there's times that you can specifically um, point to the example of someone like my father's buried outside of the city uh, in burgo spain where he spent his life reaching this city that had no churches and so when my children were small um all up into their growing up years when we would visit spain i would take them to that cemetery and i would st- we would stand around that uh that cemetery plot and i would tell them the story about how grandpa bob uh, left everything that he knew the language his family because he felt like the cause of christ was worthy to abandon everything he knew uh uh, for the sake of telling people about jesus and so i think there's moments where you tell the story of of the impact that your father may have had on you or the story that's worth repeating to your children
0: no it's it's so great so great just i i wonder too, when somebody is, uh, you know, comes to you and really is struggling with a father wound that I've talked about earlier, how do you encourage them, kind of in a in a pastoral way, to kind of walk through uh, that those, those those questions? And and I want to I want to give you a, a, a little more time to to answer that too, because I think it's an important question, because I think people in our listening audience will be. Wondering that as well because they're like, Well, I you know, I hear Mark and Josiah, and I really wish I had that. So, when we come back, I want to talk about that, I want to continue the conversation. And we have one more segment for your calls as well. Our number is 877 548 3675. Karen, we're going to come back to your call in just a moment as well. Give Josiah an opportunity to answer that question again 877 548 3675. back. Final segment, Ed Stetzer Live. I'm your host, Ed Stetzer. My guests are Mark and Josiah Job. our number 877-548-3675. Not surprisingly, on Father's Day weekend, we're talking about fatherhood. Josiah, I want you to pastor me for a minute because I'm one of those people who, you know, I'm a young man, uh, didn't have a much of a relationship with my father, um, fought, you know, just very distant relationship, father wounds, all those things, uh, searching for how to find that that what what it would take to be a father myself but still you know grieving that i didn't have a relationship with my father as a young man what do you say to uh, i think uh, but a whole lot of the audience that's them and there there might not be i'm talking about i was like 20 or 22 but they might be 50 and still just have that father wound that maybe has never gone away what what pastoral advice would you give
2: yeah i i think of a A young guy that i was mentoring and discipling who had some father wounds and part of his process of healing was first him identifying the wounds or identifying the lies and i think um as he i we read this identity statement of uh, based on scripture this is who you are i am loved i am valued i am and as he went through these statements and i've done this a few times I saw him just break down and weep, just weep, weep, weep. And there was a lie that, was, that he believed that had power in his life that had been spoken into by his father, that he just believed that he was worthless. He didn't have value. And when he read that identity statement, it really made that lie, um, he, he identified that lie for what it was. And I think that when you identify the lie or identify the wound, I think that's the starting place of healing. And then affirming, reaffirming, um, you know, whoever's struggling with this, with this uh, wound from the father, reaffirm from what God has to say from Scripture who they are. Like, I know that you've heard this. I know you believe this. But here's what God says about you. Mm-hmm. And I see that example in my life, Ed, that one of the most powerful things that my dad did in my life was whether it was through um, in-person interaction or through letters that he would write us. Every birthday, when we graduated, when we went on significant trips. And what he would do in those letters, I, I still have them saved. What, I, what he would do in those letters is he would speak into our identity as his kids. He would affirm our identity. You're, this is what he would tell me. You're a man of God. You have a heart like King David. Uh, you're gifted. Uh, I, I see you have a, a sensitive heart for, the, for, for God and his things. You are, and he would just speak into not just, here's the key thing, not just who I was in the moment, but who I could be, the potential that yeah. I had. And we really see that in the Bible with God. God speaks into Gideon, mighty warrior. Mm-hmm. Gideon's hiding away. He's not a mighty warrior. But God is speaking not only into his present, he's speaking into who Gideon is called to be.
0: Mm. That's so good. That's so good, and and I and I love that. And I love Mark. I want I want you to, I want you to call me every week and write me letters. <laughs> I think that's just awesome. <laughs> no, I really do. I love I love that for you, Josiah. I love that for you, Mark as well. Okay, but let's let's take some calls because because again we've got some questions. Some of them are harder questions as well. So let's go first to Karen. I think it's in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Karen, you're live on the air. Go ahead.
3: Hi, this is probably a mother wound, but it's inflicted by yeah. me. Um, I was married, uh, divorced. I had two children, remarried to a very good man, very good man, but a rather distant father. Now, my first husband was a non-existent father, especially after we got divorced, did not spend time with the kids, um, didn't even come to their graduation. So they're all grown now, but I still deal with the Well, if you can say guilt of bringing them into a situation, and I know that there's no guarantee in life, but into a situation where they did not receive the kind of fatherly love that I wanted them to have. And maybe it's a cautionary tale for some of your female listeners out there or even men who are contemplating marrying someone who has children on Mm. the enormous risk a woman takes when she introduces a new man to her children. Yeah. So I yeah, just need no, some I, guidance yeah. on how to reconcile this with myself, and um, okay. and forgive myself. Let's,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's have let's have Mark weigh in, Karen, and thank you so much for being uh, you know transparent and sharing that situation. What do you think, Mark? Well, first of all, Karen, I would
1: say that I love your heart for your children, and I could tell immediately how deeply you love them. And so I would erase that word failure. Um, you're not responsible for um, other people's behaviors. And, you know, I'm pretty positive that when you married uh, again that you weren't um, thinking, um, hey, this is going to be a bad father. I, I don't think I don't believe that in you. So I would eliminate the word failure um, I don't hold you responsible for how someone else fathered your children. But I would speak—I would have honest conversations with your children about it, because if they're struggling with that, I think that you can acknowledge that struggle, you can walk with them through that struggle, and you can help point them um, to, to the Father's love for them. So I don't want you to live with that guilt. That's, that's not your guilt to carry, Karen. Um, th- that's not your failure, and um, so I want to relieve you from that. Uh, you're responsible for you towards your children, and I could I, I just in your voice hear the voice of a loving, caring mother that uh, years later is concerned about how they're doing. So I love your mother Lee heart and erase that failure right now from your life.
0: Yeah, and Karen, I know it, you know this is a great opportunity to. To, if there's something you need to process with somebody, you know, it's a radio call is a word of exhortation, and we want it to be that. Um, but we want to encourage you to maybe follow up with your church or counseling. where, where we think yeah. those things are helpful as as well. Listen, we've got about about two minutes left, but we got a we got a caller from Chicago. Chicago, go ahead. You're live on the air.
4: Hi, Dad and Josiah.
0: Oh, this is your daughter. <laughs> hey, Marissa. <Happy laughs> <Old
3: Father's Day. laughs> um,
4: I've been listening to you guys. I just want to call in and say uh, just uh, for those fathers who feel like they don't always have the right words to say, um, that your actions speak louder than your words and that um, I've been uh, blessed with uh, a father who sets the example with the way that he lives his life. And so um, I just wanted to send out encouragement to you and uh, Josiah as well. You're following in those same footsteps and just the way that you guys live your life. Um, speaks louder than the words that you say. Um, so I want to encourage other dads uh, in the same way. If you don't feel like you always have the right things to say, the way you live your life, um, speaks, speaks volumes.
0: Uh, you're making See, me tear now, up I, here. I knew there was a there was a job that would have great wisdom. That would come, and here she is. And, uh, it takes three, Ed. It takes three. It does. It does. Marissa, what a what a fun thing that you called in. Listen, we got about a minute left. Marissa, can you think of one? You either a funny story or a word of encouragement for your dad before you go.
3: Oh, uh,
4: Ed, I have a lot of funny stories, but we'll take <laughs> tell the story about time. the bird.
0: <laughs> the bird. Tell us about the bird. Oh, tell yeah. us about the bird.
4: Uh, the bird. Um, well, my parents have some, some big clear windows that birds just seem to run into all the time. And uh, one day a bird ran into the window and I run outside. They go, dad, dad, here, can you save it? My dad goes, he's like, yeah, let me, let me, let me help it. She grabs it, throws it up in the air and the bird goes all the way up in the air and looks like he's gonna make it and then uh, slams down to the floor and my little heart was broken. Um, <laughs> and I said, Dad, I thought you could do anything. I thought you could save, could save this bird. But you know what? As much uh as my dad tried, uh, dads aren't always perfect, but um, <laughs> they are That's always awesome. there to well, you try know, make things
0: better. He, he, he try hard, and and as we close the program, he is a good, good father. That's who he is. <laughs> That's who he is. Yeah. Marissa, thank you so yes. much for your call. That was super thanks, fun Marissa, as, as well. And, <laughs> and right, let me just love say thanks again. to we had some. We had some love great callers too. and thanks to mark and josiah for coming on the program as well uh, again you know bold steps is a program that's here on uh, almost every station this is on we'll also have both steps and all of our moody radio programs as well and mark let me say as we kind of close that i'm thankful for your example as a father and it it encourages me I've, I've seen you for years and seen the journey you've been on i love the generational impact of fatherhood in your family and we're so thankful for your leadership at Moody Radio, at Moody Bible Institute, um, as I'm leaving Chicago land, headed out to California, I'll still be, you know, doing this program, but we'll be on yeah. the other coast. But even over there, you know, there's a great connection between Biola and and Moody oh, historically yeah. as well. <laughs> And so I'm super thankful for you, and and we continue to pray for. I, I I get it's just strange. I'm leaving Chicago in three weeks after being there for seven years, but uh, but I'll, I'll miss you guys. And thanks for coming on the program today. We very much yeah. appreciate you. We got about uh, thirty seconds left. Last word from you, Mark, before we go. Hey, well, first of all, Ed, Happy Father's Day.
1: You're a cycle breaker, and to all the fathers, especially if you feel like maybe you have failed, it's never too late to turn around. And start over.
0: So an encouragement, fathers, to you. Love it. Love it. Let me thank my team here, Karen Hendren, my producer. We've already mentioned Courtney Young, engineer. Charles is on the phone today. Appreciate it. Next week, we're going to have Carmen Imes talk about what it means to be human in the image of God and more. Again, tune in every Saturday at this time. Thanks for listening.